Welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast, where you'll learn how to think strategically about your business and discover that while business is not easy, it doesn't need to be hard. With over 20 years experience in turning stalling businesses into thriving enterprises, here is your host, Stefan Kazakis, the founder and CEO of Business Benchmark Group. Hi, and welcome to the Business Benchmark Group podcast. And today I'm really looking forward to interviewing a very special guest, a guest that really just had a, a guest that just, you know, had a great idea about starting a movement, starting a, a I, I guess, a, uh, a, a place where other wives and partners of tradie-based business owners can come together, a place where they can share, a place where they can be trusted, a place where they could be, uh, I guess, feeling, you know, the vulnerability will have no judgment. And um, I, I, I wish to introduce, I guess, uh, as our interview here today, Verity Hair from Tradey Wives, a movement that started, you know, less than two years ago, and it's just gaining and gaining and gaining momentum across Australia and New Zealand. Verity had an idea of, hey, I'm a partner to a tradie-based business owner. I know how hard it is sometimes to uh, support and or be supported. And I think there's got to be at least 5, 10, 20, 30 other business owners who have partners and or, or loved ones that would, uh, would, would certainly appreciate um, us forming this, um, this networking club. So really looking forward to today's um, sharing. I love hearing grow, um, growth stories that start with passion and emotion and all those things, all those ingredients that make a, a significant difference to so many of us. So without a further ado, I'm really looking forward to our interview with uh, Verity Hare from Tradie Wives today, who has since gone on to hear, to build a 10,000 plus uh, community on Facebook and, and going stronger every year in terms of its products and its services and its outreach. So looking forward to this interview. We have the privilege of doing this many, many times and and we, we get to meet some amazing human beings that have just gone on to do some really cool stuff, whether it's, you know, what you're doing and you started off with just an idea and you didn't even know if people were going to uh, embrace it or not. And we'll talk a bit more about that. But we, um, we get to meet some amazing people. Obviously, our business is full of people who are, are literally doing some amazing things. They just don't realise it. And they're business owners who are having a crack and having a go and... Most of them are in trade, interestingly enough. And I was just sharing, um, we've got an 18-day tradies challenge right now. We've got about 450-odd people from all over Australia uh, participating. And it's really, um, it's quite interesting to see the momentum and the movement. And you just go into these things not, I mean, you have an expectation, or I do anyway. I have an expectation of what might happen. And then whatever happens is like 10 times bigger or more impactful. And just, it's amazing how these things just gain momentum. And the more of the more, every day you wake up and, well, there's another 40 or 50 that have joined the challenge. And it's, it's amazing. So, you know, as it relates to what you are, what you do, Verity, and, and, and let's just go a little bit before that. You know, tell us a little bit about your background. I mean, Verity here from um, Tradey Wives, an amazing, amazing community. You're the mother of this baby. But tell us a little bit more about your background before this baby became the baby it is. Um, my background is marketing and advertising. Um, so that's really helpful. It's really helped me, you know, with everything that I've been doing. But when I studied that, um, social media wasn't around. So I studied back in 2005. Um, 
Um, and so social media wasn't a thing. So that's just been such a huge change within, you know, the marketing and advertising that it sort of just spun everything on its head. So it's, yeah, it's been really interesting to watch um, the progress of social media and how popular it's become. And it's um, certainly, it has been um, such a pivot and continues to be. I mean, it's such a, uh, there's so many unknowns virtually. Every every two to three months, there's so many unknowns because algorithms change, people's attitudes and or behaviours change. But, but but let's go back to, so when you were coming through, I guess, your, uh, your years of deciding, okay, what do I want to do? What do I want to be? Obviously, marketing seems like it's something you gravitated to. But what did you think would ever happen from your marketing, I guess, education, from your, your love of marketing? What did you think you'd ever do in the early days? I sort of always thought I'd work in a corporate, you know, a big sort of corporate business doing marketing. Um, but I did it and I didn't really, it wasn't what I thought. Um, I didn't really love it. Um, so I sort of, Sort of did a few different things. Um, I worked in events at Taronga Zoo in Sydney. Um, I worked at Flight Centre as a travel agent. Um, and so I tried a few different things, but yeah, I just sort of never really found that thing that I really loved. So um, when it came to, yeah, sort of helping, you know, Craig grow his business at the time, I thought, well, you know, that's something I could really, you know, use my background of what I've learnt and studied um, you know, and apply it to that. So, yeah. Uh, good on you. And, 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 you know, that sort of paints a picture. You're on a, uh, a certain pathway. You also helped out um, Hubby with his little business and why wouldn't you? And um, I know Terry's helped me immensely with my business and, and literally it's our business. Yeah, yeah, so, right. But in saying that, um, you know, you're on a certain pathway and then you decide, hey, oh, let, me, let me start something to create a community, something that these days is a, is a benchmark community. The Trading Wives community has... If I'm not mistaken, twelve thousand or is it ten thousand participants? Yeah. How many? Ten. Oh, you, you got to say that in full, man, because my <laughs> hearing is not strong, and I want to. I want to hear the full number. <laughs> How many members do you have in your Trady Wives community? Well, it's almost ten. So we're we're waiting to do the final, you know, announcement, but we're almost there. Okay, so we're nine thousand nine hundred and eighty-two. Let's go there, right? That's a really big number. And and how long have you been running the uh, the tradie wives? You know, the, the the community. I'm going to call it a business. It's a business, right? I mean, you're you're doing a phenomenal job, and you're attracting because you give value. How long have you been running this community for? Uh, just over two years now. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So where did you where did you um, okay? Let's go back to the beginning. So you're on this pathway and you decide to, hey, I'm going to start this. I'm not sure what happens. What was your thinking around the inception of the, uh, of, of the Trading Wives movement? Uh, well, it started because obviously I was working with my husband, Craig, helping his business. Um, and what does he do? He's a structural landscaper, but he's also got a roof restoration business as well, um, just because we weren't busy enough. Um, and so, and so, yep, yep, got a few on the go now. So he's doing that. And so when I uh, left my job to work, sort of helping him with all the back office side of things, um, I obviously didn't really have any experience in managing business. And um, so I was just sort of, you know, learning as I went. Um, and I used to always have trade specific questions that I was in a lot of business groups, but none of them really trade specific with women who are, you know, doing the back office side of things. And so I thought, 
got, um, you know, I used to email local <laughs> landscaping businesses and say, oh, hi, I've got this question, wondering <laughs> if you could help. And nobody ever wrote back to me. And so one morning I had this idea and I thought, I wonder if I started a group, there's got to be other women like me, feel like me, who do all this sort of stuff that, you know, I could bounce ideas off. And I thought no one would join, as I said. And so, um, you know, I started it, my best friend joined because I was like, I have to have at least one person in the group. She says, look, if you get 20 people, you get 20 people. <laughs> um, and she said, if Oh my God, those first 20 are always difficult, aren't they? Right. Please, I'll pay you, join, please. <laughs> it's almost like the Lonely Hearts Club, isn't it? It is, yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so I started it and then it just took off. So I think that I was like, wow, I, you know, there obviously are a lot of women who are feeling just like me. Look, and as you know, at Business Benchmark Group, I mean, 70% of our clients are, uh, you know, trade-based business, construction-based business. Plenty of them are very hard-working husband and wife teams, wife and husband teams. And there's no two ways. I mean, regardless what roles or responsibilities, they're in it together. Yeah. And, and, and you know, a trade-based business, it's not different to most business, but there's so many ups and downs and, you know, managing that time challenge of when am I quoting, when am I estimating, when am I following up, when am I doing the actual work and then all the ups and downs, the emotional ups and downs and the dramas. So in that first, I guess, some um, thousand, in the first thousand, Verity, what did you see as a bit of momentum there or a trend that got you thinking, hang on, we're actually adding value in a bigger way than I ever thought. What were the distinctions in that first thousand, maybe 2,000 that joined the community? What could you see as your distinctions as to where you were adding value? Well, firstly, it was um, people were sort of joining, asking advice. Um, and then I was always very wary of people getting the correct advice as well. So while people have the best intentions, sometimes when advice is given, they don't know their business background. They don't know where they're at. They don't know which state they're in. I mean, it varies so much. So while they're, have the best intentions in sharing advice sometimes it's not correct and so it was really important to me to make sure that I had somewhere where when people ask questions I could direct them to and I knew that they would get the right advice because there's nothing worse than being vulnerable and jumping on and asking a question getting advice and then it's wrong and it just stuffs you up even more and so this is sort of where the directory came about um, which I'm absolutely thrilled that you guys are part of um, and so I just am so confident to know that when people ask a question, I'm directing to people like you guys who I know are able to give the correct advice specific to where they're at in their business. So that's where I really felt like I was sort of starting to add value. So that's, that, that says a lot about you too. I mean, you know, um, there's, there's a little bit of um, this protection of, of your community, which is really important in my opinion. I mean, I know, I know myself how protective I have of of my community, sometimes to the to the tune where I, I sort of bypass an opportunity because I'd rather protect my community than take on an opportunity that might hurt them or harm them. And therefore, you know, being very protective, qualifying, yes. qualifying, but, but in saying that, what I also, what we've come to see and understand in our own sort of journey with Trading Wives, and, and Nikki, Nikki is our champion and she does an amazing job with you guys and we're so, we're so glad to be, again, we, we also, from a reciprocal point of view, we're happy to be involved and engaged and adding value where we can and also where we can't. We don't get, you know, we don't overstep the mark. But I guess um, having a platform, like I would suspect in the first 1,000 to 2,000 and possibly even your first 5,000, as the numbers were growing and the participation and the engagement was growing, 
you also created an environment from my perspective where people felt safe. And the worst thing that can happen for any human being anywhere in the world is feeling that they're going to be judged. You know, people have a reluctance to ask a, what they would think is a dumb question, but it's a bloody great question. So let's ask it. And everybody in one way or form, regardless of what they do, they do come across having to ask a dumb question, whether it's business, whether it's sport, whether it's music, whether it's tight rope walking, whatever it might be, someone's got to ask a dumb question. Is there a safety net under this, please? (laughs) (laughs) Now, now, I don't think that's a dumb question. But in your community, you think about vulnerability and and the pressure of, oh, my God, you know, I've got to get an answer to this. I don't know where to go, what to do. I believe you've created a uh, an environment, a forum, a uh, a category, which is definitely. I mean, yes, the notion of trading wives doesn't mean anything to me other than they are partners. They are an integral part to a thing called a successful trading business. Because I know personally, coming home every night or or watching mum and dad grow a business where mum was an absolute gun in business, she was unbelievable. And, you know, dad was working with her in her business and then that grew to 120 people. The vulnerability and the, um, and the anxiety and the uh, stress and the loneliness and the frustration, I believe what you've created, and I'm sure it got the run on very early for you. I'm really, I'm leading to a question for you. Your ability to do it in a way which is non-judgmental, I believe is one of your key traits to success. What do you think as it relates to no judgment? Yeah, absolutely. I think that you're right. I think when people come on, they are so, um, you know, vulnerable. Most people are just sort of thrown into this role, um, you know, some, sometimes unwillingly because <laughs> they can see that their husbands need their help or their partners need their help. Um, and you just sometimes you don't know what you're doing. You're trying your best. Um, you haven't been trained in it most of the time. Um, you're learning as you're going. And so, you know, when it comes to needing to ask a question, I always say there's no stupid questions. Don't feel, you know, it could be like, what's one plus one? Don't feel stupid coming in and asking something because, you know, that's why it's there. And I've, I'm in the same position a lot of the time where I think I ask the question, I think, oh, it's probably really obvious, but I need to know the answer because if you don't ask, you just dig yourself a hole. And I've done it before, deeper and deeper and deeper, trying to guess because you're too embarrassed to ask. Yeah, and I have a notion which got taught actually by my mother. She used to say, silence means you agree. Yep. And yet silence is a, it, it's, it's a, uh, it's a bandit yep. of opportunity. Yeah. So the opportunity to learn, the, the opportunity to be curious. So fast forward 24 months later, almost 10,000, not 10, 10,000 is the full number. Verity, that's your baby. <laughs> so... 10,000 members associated within the Trady Wives community, Australia. Are you in New Zealand yet? Um, not really, no. We have a little New Zealand one, but it's very, very small. Okay. But we're cool. we're going to grow it. We're going to start. So if, if I was to, let's just say I was an investor and I turned up and I said, hey, you know what? Here's a $250,000 check, yeah. Verity, yeah. and you can't go shopping. Oh. <laughs> this is for you to put it back into the business so the business can flourish, what would you do? What would be one, two, three things that you might do with that level of investment budget back into your business? What would you do with that? 
Um, we would definitely invest in people. Um, we have so many ideas um, and things that we want to bring into Trady Wives services, but we just don't have the manpower. We have the work of about 15 people and only two of us at the moment. So I would definitely invest in, in employing more people to be able to implement all our ideas much quicker. Um, and also, you know, hopefully getting an, an office, um, you know, Trady Wives headquarters <laughs> uh, and be able to work out of there so that we can continue to grow. Excellent. And, and, and when you say, because that's a real, that, that's a great answer because, you know, leverage and growth comes through people and processes. Yeah. So when you say you, you would put more manpower, more, more, more hours, more resources in, specifically what would be the first, second and third role that you would hire? Um, or maybe it's only one role, but you need three people for it. Yeah, that's a, it's basically just um, obviously, you know, we need sort of help with, um, you know, marketing. I know that's my background, but it's, it is very time consuming just running the group. Um, so we do need sort of help with marketing, um, with, yeah, just implementation of process and automation um, because we sort of want to yeah, have everything set up and running smoothly. Um, we, we just don't sort of have a lot of the know-how. We really need specialists to come in, um, implement things in the business so that we can sort of, um, you know, have it all set up properly, all our systems and procedures in place so that we can then bring on additional services. Um, so, yeah, so marketing, tech, um, and just yeah, general more hands in the business, just more people to do administration sort of stuff as well. So, well done, good. And, and just just that answer there, and, and forgive me because it's my little avatar here. <laughs> just what you just what you did there in the last ninety seconds is coaching. <laughs> you just answered something that was very general, yeah, in a many, in a much more specific way, and we had a two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget hanging around here, right? <laughs> so. When you hear this again, and I hope you do, yep. go back and just listen to what you just said because that's that's the part. That's the building of your next six to 12-month plan right there. Well done. Anyway, let's get back on point. <laughs> um, what's, been the biggest, what's been the biggest learning for you in the last two years? What, I mean, some people would call it a failure. I call it a learning. What has been your biggest learning in, 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 in growing and sustaining and now you need to grow again? Maybe not more more members but more services more depth more more engagement what has been your greatest learning just how much it was needed um i think that it was sort of you know when i started it to see how many people are sort of there's a need to connect there's a sort of loneliness that comes from working in this sort of role and people really you know a lot of the time they've left their corporate jobs to work in the trade business and the family business and that can be very lonely that can be sort of a very um, lonely thing when you're being used to being around people so um definitely a need for connection a need for the group a need for um support and advice um professional advice into how to grow businesses so a lot of them we've got um you know people at different stages of, of business all different stages from very beginning to turning over you know a lot of money so um just different stages of business and having sort of the right support around them for that specific stage of their business good on you and uh, and, and if you were to um if you had your time again and let's just talk about the last 12 months what is one maybe two things that you would do differently 
in the last six to 12 months. So we're talking about past startup, you're getting scale now. If there's one thing you can do differently, other than hiring the people that you've suggested you need, what would be one thing you would do differently today? Um, That's a very good question. Probably getting the, it did take me a little while to, um, to get the directory up and running. So I probably would have done that a lot quicker. Um, it took me probably a good year, over a year, to work out that that was what was needed. Um, so I wish that I'd gone into it knowing exactly what was needed at first. So that whole year I could have sort of been implementing the right advice and um, you know the right ways to help people. So yeah, definitely having that sort of directory style um, early on, I wish that I'd have known that that was what was needed in the group. And look, you know, I started our business, Business Benchmark Group in 2005. And we always reflect on that one question. If we could have changed one thing in the last six to 12 months, what would that have been? And we try and stay objective because no one likes to admit to, oh, geez, we should have done that, didn't we? We made a mistake. But it's so good to just stand aside objectively and say, okay, we could have, we should have, we must have, and we're not going to let that happen again. So that reflection piece is really important. Um, so as it relates to you, Barry, I mean, you got this, you know, you, you got this thing growing called Tradie Wives. You're the mother, you are the, the reference point as to the person who, who, who started this. It's got your DNA all over it. What is it that inspires you? I mean, what, where do you find your inspiration and motivation as it relates to Verity Hair? <laughs> um, probably in terms of business inspiration, it's definitely my dad. Um, my dad, sort of his background um, is business consulting. So he helps businesses with growth strategies. So he's been very, very helpful to me. Um, he's always my go-to for general life and business advice and um so I'm always going to him and he always jokes about how he's adding everything up to my invoice, which is about 20 years long now. So, so <laughs> one well, you're, day lucky you're, you're lucky he didn't give you your full age. So. <laughs> um, so him and then definitely also being in the group um, and then just watching everybody come into the group, ask advice, get the answers that they um that they need and then apply it to their business. And I follow in most of the businesses on their social media accounts. Um, and so just watching them come into the group, ask the question, get the advice and then apply it and grow is so rewarding. Oh, that's amazing. Really, really good. And if you could turn back time and talk to your 18 year old self, if you could do that, what would you say to Verity when she was 18 today? What would you say and how do you think Verity at the age of 18 would have responded? I'd say don't stress now because that comes later. <laughs> don't be in a hurry. <laughs> Got plenty of time for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and trust your gut instinct always. I think that I always, you know, used to doubt myself. That instinct feeling that you always get, um, you sort of don't trust that. So to trust that more because it's always right. And I feel there's, I mean, for me, I mean, I love that answer. That's a really good answer. Trust your gut a little more. But I think as we get older, the trusting of the gut is is a different type of trusting of the gut. Yeah. Whereas at 18, it might be a little more, uh, you know, adventurous. Let's yeah. call it. <laughs> if you could have a dinner party and you could only invite three other people 
and sorry, I can't make it. Nah. If you could, <laughs> if, you, if you had a dinner party, let's say in 30 days time when we're allowed to play again, well, specifically in Melbourne, anyway, oh, who would you be inviting to your dinner party and why do you choose them? Um, my first one would be Craig's dad because he passed away a couple of years before we met. Um, and I would have loved the opportunity to meet him. I really, really would have loved that. Um, so I'd love to get to know him for a dinner party night. He loved a glass of wine, I believe, too. So <laughs> I think we would get on quite well. <laughs> um, so I'd invite him. Robin Williams would be a second one for me because I just think he's brilliant um, and very, very interesting story. Um, and then also my third person would be Melanie Perkins, who is the co-founder of Canva. Um, because I just think what she has done is unbelievable. I think she would offer so much um, in terms of learning, um, business knowledge. So, yeah, I'd be really interested to hear her story at a dinner party. Well done. Yeah. You, you did that really fluently. I'm thinking <laughs> you've, uh, I think you've uh, had this dinner party set up for a long time. That sounded really good. That's actually, you know what, it takes... Typically, the response I get there is about a five-minute long, hang on, let me think. That's really good. Good on you. And um, if I can help you unwind three financial decisions in your life, how much more money would you have now? Much more than I'd like to admit. (laughs) That's why they're called three unwinding ones, right? (laughs) And this is knowledge, right? And this is such a, again, it's a window to our ability to say, okay, you know what? There was my learning. Yes. And uh, that was the cost of my learning. But if I can help you unwind three financial decisions in your life, yeah. how much more money would you have right now? Well, there's three credit cards flat off the table that you can unwind for me. <laughs> so it's probably a good, oh, I don't know, 15,000 there maybe, if not more. Um, and then obviously, yeah, my, I think I just always as younger, when I was younger, I had such an inability to save money, um, in my younger days that I really wish I could turn back time and start saving <laughs> as my mum and dad always says. Um, so, so yeah, gosh, I'd probably, oh, I'd probably be rich. <laughs> I'd probably say there's probably maybe $30,000 at least, you know? But, but that whole inability to save money and children, I'm not sure if you've got children. Um, I have a 17 and a 15-year-old. The 17's finally got it. Not that he needs to be saving money, but he's getting it. The 15-year-old, he just, uh, he's got no grip. And they've only got about $30, $40 a week through their jobs that they do part-time. But, but you can just see a little bit of a pattern. I also remember when I was, you know, back then and I had the same pattern. I'm sure you did too. Yep. But isn't it interesting that whole inability to save money when I was younger and the parents used to say, it's unreal, full circle. Mm-hmm. So finally, if there was one question you could ask me, what would that be? Oh, that's a very interesting one. <laughs> um, what was it that started your journey with helping trade businesses? I'm really interested to know what was it that sort of, made you decide this is what I want to do. This is why I want to help businesses grow um, and, and end up doing what you're doing now. Yeah, so firstly, I was born and bred into a family business. Mum and dad were migrants. They had no money, but a lot of time and a lot of eager eagerness to make their life better. So mum and dad started a bit, mum started a business in the early 70s. By the late 80s, I had about 120 people working with them. And, and my sister and I 
had a great life, but mum and dad were so trapped in that business that they, um, you know, they used to work long days and long hours and and whatever. But but our life was happy and successful, but mum and dad were typically not around because they didn't understand how to build a team around them, create leverage for all their hard work. Anyway, late 80s, early 90s, I'd sort of, uh, um, I'd finished university, I was living overseas, came back from my sister's engagement, mum and dad's business had gone from this big monster in the textile manufacturing industry to almost broke. We almost lost the family home we had grown up in. Now, I had no idea this was going on. So when I came back home from my sister's um, engagement, I I realised how bad things were and realistically got involved in that business. It was 1992, 93. And over the next 10 years, turned that business around. And my only motivation was to get mum and dad back to a place where they had choice. And I was out of there because I literally grew up hating that business because I, I just felt it kept mum and dad away. So if you look behind me, the banner behind me here, do you deserve a better quality of life? So when I started in 2005 in helping business owners, trading-based business owners, manufacturing-based business owners, And yes, it was business coaching, but in fairness for me, it was about quality of life, you know, helping them understand that they can run a successful business or a better business and also have time on the kitchen table with their children and family at a decent time every day. So my rule was always 6.30, you're a business owner, be home for dinner with your children, with your wife, with your husband. You don't necessarily need to work on a weekend every weekend because it's a trap. And that's what mum and dad had. It was a trap. So my motivation from day one, and it's not changed till now, hence why we are so giving with what we do. And, you know, in a funny sort of way, we've received so much as well. So it was about ensuring that that business owners and their families and their team and their families understood that business is a continuous cycle that allows for success in life and in business be shared in the same week. It's about empowering your people, growing people that will be better than you, Verity. It's about understanding and respecting the tool called money. And if I look after my one, two, three customers, if I do that really well, then that's going to help me get to four, five, six customers. And the three I served in the first time are going to come back and do it again or bring me referrals. So it's that whole notion of, as human beings, who do we need to be so that what we do helps us do better? And it all starts in our ideology and, and the way we, we go about our thing. And I remember vividly, you know, mum and dad and their hard work, and they're still alive. You know, they're in their mid-70s, and, and we sold that business in 2002. We were the biggest supplier to Nike, Adidas, and Puma in Australia. Yeah. We rebuilt that business up to 70 people again. It went down to four people. We rebuilt it back up to 70, but I built it with structure. So everything I learned in that first 10-year journey in business, and I have an economics degree, so I was really good at reading books, passing exams, and I got a degree, whoopee-doo. But when I got in the real world of business, very different. So my first 10 years in business, that's the book from Deadwood to Diamonds. That's the book right there. And it's that whole, it's that methodology of who is our ideal customer? How do we attract them? How do we make it easy for them to buy? How do I build a team that's going to be better than me, following a system, a process that delivers on time and on budget, one for the business, two for the client. We get an invoice out every day. We get paid every other day. And the lead flow, workflow, cash flow, conveyor belt. 
I know it's a long answer, but, 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 but it's meaningful in terms of I'm very clear about my identity and my ability to help and guide and give perspective. When I think about the business I'm in, Verity, I'm in the business of perspective. And for those that are ready to receive it, they run with it. For those that are, are receiving it but just need to think it through a little bit more, it's okay. No judgment. But I will not, um, we're given the chance, I will not stop giving perspective. And I believe that's what makes us a very different offering in the market on a global level. I mean, we've got clients all over the world. Um, our predominant market is obviously Australia. We're starting to expand a lot more into New Zealand. But at the end of the day, we work with human beings. And if we get their head right and their ability to step back and look from the balcony down as to what's really going on and what they can control, yeah. magic starts happening within 6, 12, 18, 24 months. And it's just amazing. Yeah. So that was the inspiration. Still is the inspiration. It's quality of life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's awesome. I want to thank you uh, for uh, committing to this uh, sharing. Verity, you are on a journey to so many so many great things and, and what you've done and what you do and what you will be doing is nothing other than upwards and onwards. Power to you. I'm so grateful for having you in our, in our I guess, in our community and, and more importantly, allowing us to share within your community. Oh, thank you so much. It's definitely a privilege to have you guys. So. For more information about Business Benchmark Group's coaching, education and training programs, visit businessbenchmarkgroup.com.au or call 03-9001-0878. If you liked this podcast, please rate it on iTunes, Stitcher or SoundCloud and leave feedback as well. Stefan shares so much value in all his podcasts and we encourage you to go through the archives and listen to other episodes of the Business Benchmark Group podcast. Thank you for listening.